Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dyslexic Season 3, Episode 10. Today, we are heading to West Mifflin, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh, to explore and learn all about the famed and iconic Kennywood. We're going to learn the must-dos, the current offerings, and why our guest loves this park. So join us for another Home Park Hoedown. Now, before we learn about the park, let's meet our guest. This week, I brought you a huge fan of Kennywood and one of my best friends ever. You know her, you love her. Some of you may even be scared of her. I know I am. It's Mills. Welcome back, Mills. Hey, howdy, hey. I uh, disappeared for like a year and a half, but surprise, bitch, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love season three of Horror, uh, American Horror Story. We've um, been back yet. We, we <laughs> bought it. We bought the entire season. I'm sorry, on DVD uh, a couple, about a month ago, and we, we've we only got two seasons left to watch. It's on. I love it. Um, but thank you so much for joining us uh, once again. Uh, this is your first time on season three. Very exciting. And we're going to talk all about your home park, Kennywood. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, let's just go ahead and hop into this. We're going to start with uh, your history with the park and why you love it so much. Oh, so Kennywood is um, a very uh, sim- a sentimental amusement park for me. Um, has has been uh, something that my family has been involved with for a very, very long time. My dad's side of the family hails from the Pittsburgh area and has for like 100 years. So... Um, he grew up going there in the 50s, 60s, worked there in the 70s, um, and told me about it as I was growing up, but I grew up in Tennessee and Central Florida, so I didn't actually make it to Kennywood for the first time until I was, I want to say 14, 15 years old, a little a little older on the scale than, I, you know, to say I grew up going there, but I grew up hearing about it. And um, after going for that first time, I was just like, wow, this really is a totally other universe from what I grew up with, which was Disney, and uh, a totally different universe in in my eyes, a very positive light. It's um, a, a significantly more relaxed and historically based atmosphere, which I really enjoy as the old lady trapped in a 24-year-old body that I am. Um, so I... Uh, I moved up. An to, old lady trapped in a twenty-four-year-old body. That just made I, me laugh. That's yeah, that's me. Off to the antique mall, sweetie. It closes at four p.m. Can't oh. wait to see you at Knitting Group next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's the vibe, pretty much. That's the vibe. But yeah, so I, I moved up to Western Pennsylvania um, like a year and a half ago now, and uh, I live about. 45 to 50 minutes away from Kennywood and uh, before uh, the pandemic settled in I went extremely frequently um, but hopefully I will be going extremely frequently again so I uh, I'm just happy to be close to it I'm also very close to Idlewild but I've never been there so Pennsylvania is just strange it's not a strange state but it's strange that the state has many amusement parks and some of like there's a couple that are pretty like majorly known like Kennywood and Hershey Park and it's just <laughs> I just think it's kind of it's like how Ohio is really like theme park heavy but there's no real reason why <laughs> yeah Ohio is, the, is an absolute shithole and yet they have like Cedar Point 
and it's like why why they there? do they have cedar point and king's island and those are two of like the best parts yeah it's really strange how like this i don't know northeastern vaguely midwestern area of the country has so much but having lived in pa for this long and and now that i work like a lot deeper in the haunt industry which by the way there's like 75 haunted attractions in pennsylvania it is absolutely bananas how much entertainment there is around here um for people like us but anyways it, it it's i'm always under the impression and i say this lovingly from a long line of pennsylvanians everyone who lives here absolutely hates it they hate it so much <laughs> they hate living in pa so and they just don't leave that that's i feel like that's everywhere that's especially the midwest like where uh, i grew up was midwest like somewhat south midwest <laughs> where like everybody's like i hate it here i can't wait to leave but then they don't <laughs> they don't but like they still need some form of escapism and pennsylvanians crave that more than most people i've met so i think that i think that leads to the amusement parks and haunts and all the like immersive museums and just all the the weird shit there is to do around here so um yeah that's kind of an overview of my history with kennywood i love it um now, before we get into the current offerings, I just want to, like, preface this for a lot of people. Kennywood is a park that is full of, like, classic coasters, classic flat rides. It is almost, I would say, almost like a living museum of theme park progression, like, history. Mm-hmm. Um I would agree with that. There are attractions featured in that park from every decade, from the 1910s to right now. Exactly. And, like, that is what's so cool about the park. And that's what draws, like, a lot of enthusiasts and even just, like, a lot of general public people to Kennywood is to go to that park and kind of, like, live the history of the modern American amusement park. Um, And what's crazy and um, I will say Kennywood and we'll get to it in a little bit but Kennywood did remove some of the most iconic of the uh, flat rides that people went to go visit and you know I don't I, I can't say I know the reasoning why but they did and we'll get to that in a little bit but um, uh, if you didn't know you're, you're gonna learn soon but also it is just a really beautiful park that is basically like a museum for the modern amusement park it but, is. Um, have some of the oldest and most well-maintained stuff. And, like, it's it's been interesting as I've bonded with people around here learning, like, you know, my, my fiancé, who grew up mostly going to Idlewild, but going to Kennywood sometimes. Um, you know, a lot of locals see Kennywood as just like, ah, it's just, just some other, you know, shitty amusement park, whatever. We go there twice a year. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, this is a magical, historical time capsule of history that most other places just let either rot away or got rid of for modernization over the, the last hundred years. It is wholly unique. I've been to quite a few amusement parks and even a lot of amusement parks that tout a lot of historical value. And I don't think any of them are even half as interesting or comprehensive as Kennywood. Totally, totally agree. And I've never been. It's one of my bucket list parks to go to. Um, but it just, it, it 100% is that. Like, it's one of those things that I feel like if you're not a theme park fan, you don't really understand how 
kind of massive their ride collection is in terms of like a, a historical value and excitement just in general like it, it really is it's literally unrivaled even with with what we lost with what they're removing this season um what is there i mean the the sheer number of last of their kind or one and only of their kind especially when it comes to the coasters it, it's like everything in the park you know most of what is there you have not seen exactly the same thing at another park and if you have it's a newer replica of what kennywood has the og for mm-hmm. or it, it's a ride that you cannot ride almost anywhere else in the world like mm-hmm. It is stuff that, like, your only your grandparents have experienced it, and now you can experience something they thought was like the height of thrill rides. Let me today. tell you, though, totally wrong. Grandma and grandpappy had the right idea. Like, they were they were riding high. They were living large. They didn't have restraints. <laughs> they were having. <laughs> I I totally I totally. <laughs> It's so yeah. I mean, I just want to go ahead and preface that before we can get to the current offering. So that's why we had to talk about the spark. Yeah, um, on the podcast. But um, speaking of current offerings, you know, let's go ahead and jump in. I think we should totally start with um, the really big draws, which have to be the roller coasters because their roller coaster collection is unmatched with uniqueness and just history. Yeah, it really is. And also my own little interjection about what I think about their coaster collection. Um, it is one of the most plus size rider friendly collection of coasters at any major park in America. Hands down, flat out. I'm a big booty bitch and I can ride everything there except maybe the newest one. And I haven't tried that. So, um, and that's not something I can say most other places. Um, they're very accommodating in a physical sense uh, and just good good roller coasters let me think so the first thing you come to at the entrance is um oh what's that called skyrocket yes which yeah. looks so much fun. it is this tiny launch coaster that just looks like it packs a punch i ain't never seen a smaller launch coaster in my life but yeah it's really fun it's exceptionally smooth it's a really like you know generally when you see launching coasters they have a very big focus on making that like a uh a statement piece of the ride there'll be a countdown there'll be a huge long launch at the beginning and that's basically what fills in for your lift hill and it's like it's like part of the shtick you know but skyrocket is one of the only ones i've ever done where you roll slowly out of the station and then right into the launch and it's not even that fast it's just enough to get you going um and the ride has really unique airtime. it has some of those um you know like a uh, mystery mine at Dollywood, like like those long hangs right before you go over a, a, a drop. It has a lot of that. Yes. Several inversions that are very slow inversions and very smooth, which is a very unique con- sensation versus like a really fast corkscrew or something. Um, and it's just kind of fun. I don't know. It's it's a really good like baby's first launching and or looping coaster because it does both of those things but not in a way that's going to break your neck i could almost and it it is a thrill ride don't get me wrong but i i could i would almost describe it to some people as almost like a family thrill coaster um i would agree with that it's, it's not exactly a family coaster but it's not exactly like 
the thrill ride. So and I, it, I would yeah. ride at Hershey or anything like that. But it's not a it's not a caterpillar either. You know, it rests somewhere weirdly in between the two. Um, but it's really fun and it's a really creative use of a really small patch of area and it has a nice sound. It's got like a nice like whoosh. I know that sound and that's that limb launch sound. If you are a custard nerd, you know that sound and it's just ooh, it's so good. But this one is so mellow because it's such launch that like I don't know I've heard lots of those and I love them but this one is so like it's like petite it's like a petite <laughs> independence <laughs> so let me think after that um, I'm sort of just going geographically in the park in my head um, I guess next would be like Jackrabbit um, worth mentioning uh, along the walk through Kennywood which is uh, for context my favorite roller coaster in the entire world uh, that I've ridden <clears throat> and uh, do, do you happen to have on hand what year Jackrabbit opened? I do not but I, I know it oh no it might have been Thunderbolt that recently celebrated it, one of them recently celebrated 100 years it was, was, it was Jackrabbit so I want to say it opened in 1920 it was the year that Jackrabbit opened because yeah I feel like that 20th anniversary was like last year or perhaps the year before and I'm just getting yeah. it Either way, it's a hundred-year-old Woody um, that is still running on the same style of restraints and cars that they've had from the beginning, which is pretty much none, um, making it extremely <laughs> unique in the world of wooden coasters. There is no movable lap bar. Um, there is only a seatbelt, and it packs. It would pack good airtime with a lap bar. Without the airtime, is like. Like, you know that, you know that TikTok sound that's like <clears throat> macaroni with the chicken strips? strips. Uh, yes. That, uh, that's how I feel on the double dip. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, it shouldn't, but it totally makes sense. <laughs> it's so, it's such a unique sensation. Um, like, I, I can, I can go ahead and make an assumption that pretty much anyone listening to this, if you haven't done the Jackrabbit, you don't know what it feels like to ride a coaster without a lap bar. Um, and this is a safe way to experience that because people have been doing it exactly this way for literally a hundred years without issue. Um, <clears throat> it is a relatively small coaster. Uh, it's got, everyone talks about the double dip, which is, you know, like a little whoop whoop going down. I'm just like describing visuals with sounds. I don't know if this is working. <laughs> and Y'all can look up a POV. Yeah, you can, you can. It's got a tunnel, it's got all the, the classics of an old wooden coaster, and it's oh, it's got a beautiful neon sign, and it's just fun. It's just fun. It's another one of those that anyone of any age can enjoy. My 65-year-old father absolutely still loves that ride. Um, and, like uh, how a lot of the coasters cool. at Kennywood really use the terrain, and Jackrabbit is one of those. Oh, yeah, because like Kennywood is kind of built on almost like a cliffside to mm -hmm. a um, next to next to Pittsburgh. And uh, yeah, Jackrabbit definitely uses the the mountains and valleys of the little chunk that it's on in a very creative way, and it's just it's just pretty. It's just a pretty old fashioned Woody, um, and I've never ridden another one like it. And that's so much of what Kennywood has. Because next up, the next thing I think of is the Racer, um, which is one of the last of its kind single track racing coasters. Um, you know, you got you got two vehicles that leave the station at the same time and race and cross over over the course of the ride um, and park at the end on the opposite side of the station you left in, which, excuse me, I had a hiccup, is, uh, which is a really, especially for kids, is like, why? How did we get over here? Like, you don't, 
Shoot, okay. it blew my mind too. I'd be like, I am confused. It used to confuse the hell out of me until I like came up with a way to explain it to some of my other friends that made sense to me as well. But again, it's just, it is a, a good old fashioned airtime heavy wooden coaster. And there is the innate joy of racing another train, which on racer- So much fun to like accost people in the other train and just not bully, but really pick on them, trash talk them, even though you oh, have no control I, over I'll the ride. Bully, I ain't got no shame. I, I, if I'm riding, <laughs> I'm gonna bully the hell out of the red train. You don't, don't start it. They are slow. Okay, they they cannot catch up. Y'all's weight distribution is wrong. wrong. <laughs> like no, but it, thought about that and coordinated before you got on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but it's um. It's just, it's just, again, it's just a fun coaster with the added element of actually racing the other car. Does the same side always win? Yes. Is this ride also very, very old? Yes. So I give it a pass for the race kind of being unfair. Um, but it's just fun. Even if it was a single coaster, the path it takes is a good time. It's got really good airtime. Um, it's got buzz bars, which are kind of uncomfortable. But again, it is the rare instance where... Uh, the roller coaster is accommodating to me as a, as a larger woman, so I very much appreciate it. So yeah, I, I really like Racer. It's it's bottom of my list for the wooden coasters at Kennywood, but also the wooden coasters at Kennywood overall are my favorite anywhere. So that's I mean not- that's totally fair. Like being the bottom of the list, you're, it's the bottom of the list at the park, but not the bottom of the list of coasters overall. Yeah, which exactly. Is still a high honor. <laughs> Exactly. Um, it's not as, let's see, let me, let me think. What, oh, so I guess next up, because I'm just sort of trying to think, like I'm wrapping, I'm walking the park in my brain. Um, the, the new one, um, uh, the, what is Steel Curtain. Steel Curtain. Thank you. I haven't been to the park since it's actually been open, so I can't remember the name yet. Um, I have not ridden this one, so I can't have any comment on what it feels like. Uh, it was up and down out of operation when I was going in 2019. And then I didn't go last year. And I don't even, it wasn't even open last season, so it wouldn't matter. Um, I can't say it looks like a, genu- a gen- genuinely, like, g- generally is more the word I'm looking for, uh, intense attraction. It's got lots of inversions, a really, uh, a really fun, like, kind of barrel roll moment into the first drop. Um, and it's over the water, which is just pretty. Yeah, it's very pretty. I, I I like the color combination, not because I like the Steelers, but because I have yellow hair and I wear black a lot. Um, so I'm like, hey, it's a roller coaster after my color scheme. That's nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't say much for the theming. I think theming not only an entire attraction, but like an entire mini land to a football team is a uh, frankly pathetic but i'm happy that it does something for some people and by some people i mean clearly enough people to make it worth doing um and i don't know i mean it looks like a fun ride i have not ridden it but i've heard almost nothing but good things from people who have um uh the seats look like footballs so that's kind of (laughs) cool the only thing i will say is the lift hill on it from the pov i watched I have never seen a slower lift hill of any modern coaster in my life. Oh my god, that sounds awful. <laughs> it was, I felt like it took 25 minutes just to get to the top. <laughs> Jesus, and I always thought the Steel Phantom, um, I'm sorry, the Phantom's Revenge lift hill was slow. That baby goes slow too. Well, that's a perfect segue into uh, Phantom's Revenge. Yeah, yeah, which I have written many, many times, so I have a lot more to say about than I do Steel Curtain. Um, and I love, I love 
Phantom's Revenge. Um, I like that it's kind of got like a spooky ghost guy is the theme. I like the color scheme. Um, I like that it is a steel coaster that does not rely on inversions for its thrill factor. I love the color scheme. Like, I know that's what we're talking about, but like, it's so pretty. Oh, it's so pretty. The the, the vehicles, like the, the ride trains, they look like, um, they almost look like old cars to me, which I'm like a big classic yes. car. They have this weird, almost like, like mid 60s Chevy look to them in a way not I don't even mm-hmm. think it was really intentional but the silhouette reminds me of that um, and the green and the purple is really pretty um, the restraint system is bizarre and one of my favorites for any steel coaster I've ever ridden in my life as far as comfort goes um, it's like ideal um, it's almost like a like a flattened out semicircle that comes down from the side uh, over over your lap, and it's. I know it, what you're talking about. Yeah, and I don't. I've I I personally can't say I've ever seen the same restraint on anything else. So props to Kenny Wood for that weird thing. I love it. Um, and yeah, she's she's tall. She's fast. She pops your butt out of the seat a lot. It has that really- second hill into the valley though looks insane. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> it's it's um. It's fast, like for for an older gal. Um, it, it, I feel like Phantom's Revenge can comfortably sit at the big boy steel coaster table with like most other American rides, because um, it, it it also uses its terrain very wisely. If I'm not mistaken, the first drop is way longer than the lift hill is because you you come out of the lift hill into again a valley. Um, mm-hmm. which gives you way more space to just pick up a shit ton of speed. Um, and those little bunny hills towards the end, like they take your pictures on that. And, and for like, you know, when you, when you hit a bunny hill, when you go over a pop of airtime like that, your body flies upward and is stopped by the lap bar. So in all of my pictures on Phantom's Revenge, like I'm literally getting slapped in the face by my own boobs because <laughs> grass. <laughs> it just it just wham like it just slaps you around and it's great it's it's just like i could not say enough good things it's got good capacity um it's it's just a damn good roller coaster like it's fast it's tall it is pretty colors what more could you want (laughs) it's just and and it's like one of those coasters that the general public loves and even enthusiasts like leave the park being like that was a hard hitter that was amazing yeah, I can't say I've ever met someone who didn't like it, which is a really steep order for a roller coaster, but it just does everything right. It's it's it doesn't get overly complicated at any point. It doesn't try to do anything exactly. other than go fast and give you good airtime, which is all I ever really want out of any roller coaster. So it it just shows that you don't have to have the most complicated, most obscene or most like difficult layout and like most unaccommodating trains because of said layout to Mm. make a fan favorite and enthusiast favorite coaster not in the slightest i often bring up phantom's revenge as a counterpoint to people who like to say that oh well you know a ride this big or this fast or whatever it can't be done safely for for plus size people and i'm like oh honey child like kennywood has been doing it for like 100 years where have you been you know like they don't have a problem doing it um my 65-year-old mother, God bless her, if her knees won't serve, weren't so bad, she could even ride uh, Phantom's Revenge, which is, which is, I think, a wonderful thing and how coasters should strive to be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one. It's got an amazing view up top. 
it's in a really good location in the park. It's a very central lift hill. You could see it from almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's just a winner. She's just a winner. And then from there, um, let me think, uh, Th- Thunderbolt would be next. Yeah, Thunderbolt. And then we have one more, and I and I know you know what it is because it's one of your favorites to talk about. But we'll, we'll talk about Thunderbolt first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thunderbolt is one that's like very nostalgic for me in the sense that I heard the most stories about it growing up from my dad um, from when he worked at Kennywood. He worked at Kennywood as a manager for the ghost ship the year before it burned down. And uh, at one point during that year, the Thunderbolt was voted um, the best roller coaster in the world. Uh, So this would have been like 73 or something like that when this happened. And uh, as a promotion for that happening, a a local radio broadcaster from Pittsburgh rode the Thunderbolt um, to break the world record for longest amount of time on a roller coaster. This record was taken back by, I think, Cedar Point just like a year later. So it's basically irrelevant. But the reason I bring it up is that this guy was cycling around on the Thunderbolt all day doing a radio broadcast. And, you know, they would stop the train to let him, like, take a piss once in a while. And at one point when they stopped to let him take a piss, my dad was like, oh, let me hop on here. I love the Thunderbolt. This is my favorite roller coaster. I could ride this a bunch of times. Like 30 rounds later, my my dad apparently is just sick as a dog and, like, begging. Every time they come around at the station, begging, please let me off. And then just, nope. And the thing about the Thunderbolt that makes that image so <laughs> is that there's no lift hill. You roll out of the station and right down the first drop. So I just love imagining my poor, like, 20-something-year-old father, like, oh, God, please let me... (laughs) (laughs) Just going down the hill. But it is, it's a genius start to a ride because everybody, you have this idea in your head, like, this is how a roller coaster goes. I exit the station, and then you go up a lift hill, and then the ride starts. But there is none of that buffer time at the beginning of Thunderbolt. It's just like, nope, you roll out, and you're rolling down, and that's it, and you're started. And there is a mid-ride lift hill, which is very unique. Um, but dipping down into the valley like that, and there's something, there's something else about the Thunderbolt that I find unique from the other Kennywood coasters. All the other Kennywood coasters kind of stay within vision of the rest of the park. You you can sort of always see other parts of Kennywood, but when you go down that first drop for the Thunderbolt and you go into the valley, you see nothing but trees and a little bit of the city. And it's like really it's it's really it like it isolates you immediately. The moment you go down you're like, "Whoa, I am suddenly not in Kennywood anymore." And at night it's very very dark down there. Um, so it's, I, I think it's a stellar one. I think it's by far the most thrilling of the wooden coasters in the park. Um, she's just got real fat, tight hairpin turns and like, ugh, just, just another, another wonderful, fun, classic wooden coaster that uses the terrain in a way that modern ones generally, not always, but generally do not. Mm -hmm. It does not focus on having a ton of height. It focuses on... Uh, gauging its height around the dips and the hills and the valleys that it's built on top of to maximize the speed and the distance you get off of everything you do, which just makes the ride feel more well-formed than something that just takes you up really high for no reason. I couldn't have said it better myself. Because, I mean, the, the one thing I did notice watching this POV is since it does share the valley with Phantom's Revenge, you get close to Phantom Revenge's track. Very. They they sort of they sort of kiss each other a little as you go by, which I think 
<laughs> there's such different generations of coasters that use a lot of similar tactics and similar layout because they're in close to the same area of the park at times. Um, and it's just, it's just neat. It's neat to see how that mentality carried over, you know, basically 50 years of roller coaster design that we are in an ideal spot to maximize distance by using the landscape. And um, it's just cool to see them do that in two very different ways that are both effective in their own regard. Grandma and grandson. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so cute. I never even thought of that. Aw. She's giving a little, like, kiss on the forehead, like, oh, love you. <laughs> oh that's so cute i'm never gonna not think about that now oh another nice thing about the thunderbolt it's got pretty lights on it <laughs> that i like to look at i love pretty lights <laughs> it's pretty light on it and it's right next to the fucking iconic potato patch so while you're eating your french fries you get to watch the thunderbolt and it's just like Mwah, this is the experience that is not a ride but i hear so much about potato patch fries are they as good as everybody says, at least in your opinion? Here's the thing. A French fry is a French fry, okay? Like, they only come in so many varieties, shapes, cooking styles, whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. they are... If you were to compare them to, like, a fast food French fry, they would be, like, a really, really good version of Wendy's. Because, um, like, they've got the skin on I them. Like Wendy's fries. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, they are really good fries. What makes it so, like, ooh, wow, is that they just absolutely drown those fuckers in cheese and bacon. And, like... <laughs> that sounds amazing. Because uh, Kings Island has loaded fries mm. that I get every time I go because they are so extremely good. Yeah, so, these are, I mean, you know, they you watch them cutting the potato right in front of you and then the cheese is just like the good old hot plastic cheese that they used to have at Disney. May God rest its soul. Um, and then tons and tons of like very real crunchy bacon. And it's like, the quality of the fries themselves become obsolete in because they're they're just a vessel. They're a really nice, simple vessel for cheese and bacon <laughs> in your mouth. Um, Honestly, I feel like I dropped some money on it now that you've said that. So, oh hell yeah! I mean, we're we're actually getting married at Kennywood um, at the end of May, uh, and I congratulations. And Thank you, thank you. Um, but we're not getting any kind of catering package or anything. We are buying the whole, like, I mean, there's only gonna be about 10 of us there, like our family and a couple of friends. We're just buying everybody potato patch for lunch because we know that's what people want. When you go to Kennywood, to be totally honest, the food offerings at Kennywood are, are sort of eh. It's mostly your standard theme park fare unless mm -hmm. there's like, a festival going on. They'll have like sausage and kibasi and sauerkraut and stuff sometimes, pierogies, they yeah. do like a festival there. Um, and that stuff is, is great, but like for the most part, you know, it's like, it's, it's pretty standard amusement park yeah. food. Um, everybody likes potato patch fries though, cause they're just, they're really fresh and they're hot and they're absolutely loaded with salt and carbs. I feel like food wise, potato patch is really like Kennywood staple. It is, which is funny because they're plain ass French fries, but it's like, <laughs> whatever. <I'll take> <laughs> um... But we have one more coaster to talk about before we talk about some of the more individual like flat ride attractions, which is the Exterminator. And I'm just gonna let you take over. <laughs> I love the Exterminator so passionately it hurts. Even in its like bummed out, hollowed out state that it's in right now versus when it opened. Um, Kennywood is pretty hit or miss when it comes to like 
theming in the in like the Disney or Universal sense of like themed dark rides or coasters or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so this this was a huge leap for them to do an indoor dark ride roller coaster combo. That was like very out of left field, not part of their normal business model at all. Um, and it, I think it is both uh, extremely clever and the most Pittsburgh thing ever. Uh, if you've ever, like, been around or near Pittsburgh, the first thing I can say about it is I've never seen another city that is entirely brown. Like, it's just brown. The, the whole thing, including the water in all the rivers. It's just it's just a million shades of, like, brown and rust. Um, and it's, like, there's, there's a real, like, dingy old vibe to Pittsburgh, which I love, by the way. I don't say any of these things, like, with any amount of vitriolic intent i like things that are old and weird and full of history and and pittsburgh absolutely is so exterminator um basically you you are the rat you're a rat living in some kind of building i'm sure these things are fleshed out a lot more we're the rats i'm the big rat i don't remember the words i'm the rat that makes all of the rules yeah That's exactly what it's like. But yeah, so basically it's it's a spinning wild mouse indoors where you are a rat being exterminated by a team of really creepy exterminator. Um, I hesitate to even call them animatronics because they are so simple. Um, but animatronics uh, that are that are trying to exterminate you and spray you and stuff. Um, it's got it's got a themed queue that's themed to like a sewer and does one of my favorite amusement park classics that I call um, garbage dump theming, where they they come up with a theme or an environment that can be built out of things you find in a junkyard um which even disney does universal does it universal made a carnival graveyard was this concept but it was like really fancy garbage instead of actual garbage um Disney's but garbage was the backlot tour so it legit was like every park does this type and i of- ate it up i ate it up with a fork <laughs> and a spoon exactly like <laughs> garbage Exactly. A <laughs> um, la mode. All, ooh, yeah. Garbage with ice cream. Sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, so Exterminator is just... It's a spinning wild mouse at the end of the day. In the dark. Um, I can't say if it's the darkness that tells me this or not, but it, it, it is it is one of the faster and more loosened up spinning wild mouses I've ever done in my life. And I, I love a good spinning wild mouse because I just think they're funky and unique. Um this baby i mean she whips you hard it is it is so (laughs) tense when you're hitting those hairpins and when it lets go and you're spinning like i've been on plenty you know so i used to do this thing on um oh my god what a primeval world with a friend of mine i I had Mm -hmm. a very i had a friend from high school and he was he was just a very like petite person he was very small and he was very skinny and we used to do this thing where we would ride primeval world over and over in different seating um, positions, me as a bigger woman and him as a very small person to find the way to make it the spin, spin the most. Um, like the, whatever weight distribution would get us the most zippity zoop, uh, for our wait time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we would do that. And, you know, like sometimes you'd ride primeval world and you would maybe only get a couple of full rotations. It, it had this weird balancing to it where it wouldn't spin that much. Exterminator is not like that. Exterminator 
is if if you get sick spinning you are going to get sick on it like that bitch just bleh, bleh, bleh. it is so much and i think it's so fun it's weird and it's creepy and the whole ride is kind of gross um and it just feels like pittsburgh and i love that <laughs> <laughs> fantastic okay now we're gonna hop over to like some of the more unique flat ride or dark ride attractions and there's one um you know i think there's one we should save for last and i'll get to it um First of all, there's two that I am in love with, which are the turtle and the whip. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I love the classic, classic theme park attraction like that. And those are two bucket list attractions for me. Yeah, and, they, and they're both just really fun. Like, it's it's sort of, to me, a huge appeal of both of those are the... Um, it's weird to say it this way, but almost the lack of ride system that creates the ride system. So yes, one of the things I love about the turtle specifically is like when you think of flat rides nowadays, they're always on, you know, basically a cement slab or a concrete mm-hmm. slab where they put the ride. The turtle is on grass um, and it's, it's like a small track that goes up and down. It's got like two hills and dips um, that goes in a circle and the turtles ride on them. The turtles are attached via um they don't spin or anything you just sit in the circular hurdle vehicle and just go up and down yeah but honestly like i've ridden it a ton of times and um it it has its own like thrill to it again there's no restraint there's like a thing like a like a wheel that you can hold on to in the middle mm-hmm. to hold but if you let go of that and you're sitting on these smooth metal seats and you're wearing some slippy shorts as you go up and down and around this thing, you'll slide a full like like 180 around the ride vehicle, which is super fun, especially when you got a bunch of friends in there too. Um, it's almost like a tilt a whirl that it is more of your control than a real tilt a whirl. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. It's really it's a strange little thing. It goes turtle turtle, and I just love it. I just love it. I love that it's on grass. I love that it's just this one centralized like motor that runs the whole thing it, it it looks like something that you could theoretically build yourself and i say that mm-hmm. as a compliment um it is not over complicated with mechanisms it's one thing and it does the one thing really well and it's smooth and it's cute and what's crazy is these things used to be really really common back in the day Same it was the whip and they're just not now yeah you just you do not i've 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 the only other turtle i think of off the top of my head is the mini turtle at idlewild which is like 30 minutes away from kennywood so exactly and then uh the whip even though i've never ridden it i can kind of give a thing it's almost like a zipper shape with these cars that have wheels and if if you've ever seen like those drifting toys that kids get like those kind of like big wheels that drift yeah similar to that um the cars are hooked into like this big zipper motorized thing and they go around the edge and it just whips you around and you just kind of drift around um and like it's not like i wouldn't say it's not like the biggest thrill ride but it's a classic thrill ride that though sometimes those whips can really just like Walk, just sling you around. Oh, dude, it's Tokyo Drift the ride. Like, the whip is a better Fast and Furious ride than the Fast and Furious ride is. True, true. It really is. And, like, again, it's it's one of those where I find a lot of the fun is <clears throat> the mild unpredictability of it. Um, and, and, again, like, almost the lack of what we think of as ride systems in that you're 
you know, what you're riding on, your your little cart. I mean, it's supported by like two wheels and and a steel cable, you know, and it's just one big motor that goes in the middle that runs everything and you're just skirting along this little like a steel um it's like a steel stage almost that the whole thing is set mm-hmm. up. And uh, again, it's just fun. It's got a great sound. I love the sound of the wheels hitting over the little rivets on the stage that you're on. Um, That's a little click, 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 click. It's great. Click, 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 click. Oh, it's so good. God, I can't, I can't even what opens in like a couple weeks. I'm fiending for it. I'm dying to go because we want to go before the wedding just to have mm-hmm. fun. And not, like, I don't know. I'm going to wear my wedding dress the whole day because I want to. But um, I'm excited to go and just like throw on some shorts and sneakers and just actually go to Kennywood before that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The, the whip is just fun. Like, I don't know what else to say about it. You're not going to do it anywhere else. It's fast enough to to have enough of a thrill element that, you know, teenagers can enjoy it. Kids who want to do big rides can enjoy it. Um, but again, like my mom and dad can do it and they love it. So it's it's she, she's a lovely, happy baby. <clears throat> old, old as shit. There's newer whips. But this baby, this baby's the OG yeah <laughs> um there's another one that i don't know much about i know it's called auto race but basically i know it's basically like a car on wheels that goes down a track and it seems like it goes relatively fast it totally does i've actually never ridden that one because i, I think the the idea of getting into one of those little cars just looks uncomfortable i'm like again <laughs> old woman and 24 year old body my knees would not enjoy it um, but yeah, that is a ride that has been there in my father's words. Every time we go to Kennywood, that thing has been there since the dawn of time. Um, and it's, yeah, they're, they're motorized cars in a wooden trough. That's the only way I can describe it. Cause you're not even yeah. on track below the track runs the side of the car. So you can bump back and forth a lot. And yeah, those little, those little fuckers zip, 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 like they go fast. It just, it just looks like a good time. Like if I, I, I know if I was a kid, that would be like something I love. Oh my god, same. Yeah, same. And I will write it as an adult eventually. I'm just like, eh, I'm too lazy to squish myself in there right now. And <laughs> I've done that for like a year. <laughs> so eventually I'll actually write it. But it is cute. And the, the cars just look very classic. And again, it's one of those things that I have literally never seen anywhere else. I haven't either. That's why I had to talk about it. I'm like, I don't even care mm-hmm. if it's more like a family or children's ride. Like, that's something I don't see. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it, not any, I mean, I'm sure in the past it did, but I don't think it exists anywhere else nowadays. The closest you would have is like the, the Autotopia, you know, Tomorrowland Speedway style of ride, but they, it's yeah. not this. This is the original version of that concept. Exactly. Um, I also do want to like quick mention before we get into some of the other more unique attractions. Kennywood also does have the attractions that you will find at other parks like, um, like one of those large uh, frisbee or discus rides uh, called Black Widow. They have, you know, your pirate ship, your Raging Rapids attraction, your, um, uh, there's a Music Express, which I know a lot of people know what those are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Wave Swingers and, you know, the, the, it's they have those kind of attractions too. So uh, what we're talking about is not all the attractions there. Um, yeah. We're just kind of focusing on the stuff that is like really unique to the park but you can also find those attractions you may just love to do at any park there as well mm-hmm. yeah they i mean kennywood really has um 
well, not as much as they used to, but a very expansive collection of flat rides um, and a lot of my favorites that I've done. So it's it's good. I um, did they say they were getting rid of the Enterprise? I think they did. I they are. Like, I, I loved the Enterprise they had at Kennywood. It had a really good view. I just think Enterprises are great in general. Like Kentucky Kingdom got rid of theirs. Did they? The first they one did. I was the one that was there when I was a little kid. It scared the shit out of me. I'm just excited I got to experience Enterprise before they're all gone. Um, yeah, they seem to be going out of style. I mean, they're just a super old attraction that has just kind of run its course, I guess. But, I um, yeah. Uh, but back to some of those more unique attractions. There's one, uh, there is uh, Ghostwood Estate, which is a like an interactive shooter dark ride. Um, yeah, I love Ghostwood. It's like a... <laughs> It, it, it definitely is uh, lovingly inspired by the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I say that not with any shade, for real. Um, there's a lot of things at Kennywood, and, and also according to my dad from when he worked there, you know, these, these smaller parks are always going to be influenced and inspired by their larger, uh, I wouldn't even say competitors, brothers and sisters, because they're in totally different parts of the country. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm very thoroughly convinced that whoever was in charge of designing Ghostwood was a huge um, a huge haunted mansion fan and wanted to to pay tribute to it in their own way. And I think it's great. Um, the the pre-show, you know, it's got a talking painting and a library, all that kind of shit. Um, and it's it's a trackless dark ride, which is kind of rare. And and I was about to say, I think that was one of the first trackless dark rides I've ever seen. It, yeah, it was. It's the first one I ever did. By I did it even before I did Empire of the Penguin or anything like that. Um, so it's you know pretty innovative in that regard. It doesn't really use the fact that it's trackless very interestingly. Um, there's no like oh where are we gonna go next kind of vibe. Like you follow a pretty set path, but it's still yeah. cool. Um, it's not perfect. I will tell you that. <laughs> I have, I've been stopped on Ghostwood multiple times and a team member just had to come push me to a spot where it would pick up momentum <laughs> back up. I don't know why that happens. I see it happen all the time. Um, the, the ride vehicles, they just, they kind of go and then so give it a little push and then it's like and it'll keep going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a shooting dark ride and like, you know, it's spirit Halloween the ride. Like I love much, that. Everything you're shooting at is something that I'm pretty sure was bought from Spirit or some similar wholesale um, haunted attraction company. But it's still really fun. It's shooting gallery style where things are pretty static until you shoot them and then stuff happens. And the stuff is really cool. You have lots of animations. You have lots of projections and screens. Um, animatronics, moving cups, flashing lights, falling suits Which of Which is pretty big for like a smaller park like Kennywood. It really is. Like a lot of places have shooting dark rides. Um, and you know, I think of like uh, the the turkey one at Holiday World. I can't remember the yes. actual Gobbler ride. Getaway. At Gobbler Getaway, which I find very charming, but kind of weird. Um, I do too. It's so also, strange, but I love it. Yeah, it's, it's also sort of like, it has a distinctly low budget amusement park vibe, which again, yeah. I don't like. It just, that's what it has. Ghostwood kind of doesn't, even though it's built out of things that I've seen in other like haunts and at stores and stuff. It's so dense. There are so many targets in this ride, like hundreds and they're hundreds. stacked. Yeah, like stacks on stacks of targets. Every time I do it, I hit something I haven't hit before. So um, 
I just think it's a good time. It's cute. It's got nice spooky music playing around it. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's right over, it's really close to like the potato patch and, and the thunderbolt. So it's in like a, an older part of the park. And I think it looks very at home there. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I, since my dad worked on the ghost ship back in the day, which died in a horrible, tragic fire burned to the ground. Um, I would like to think that it's nice to have another ride in the park that is a dark ride with the word ghost in the title. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. Um, that is, I think that kind of brings us to I do want to mention there is a Thomas Town so if you're a fan of Thomas the Tank Engine there is a whole section for that and it's pretty well themed from what I see oh my god it's so cursed it is well themed but anything Thomas is just cursed like I don't like their faces bro I don't know what else to say about that's it that's fair that's fair <laughs> <laughs> um, like Crane itself like Thomas pulls the Kennywood um Kennywood Express now and like he talks like you'll be waiting for him to cross and his big eyes look at you and he's like hi and I'm like oh my god train don't talk to me <laughs> it's, a creepy. it's a little creepy it's a little creepy it's some of the most well themed in the modern sense of things at Kennywood um, and is you know it's cute I mean it's 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 a kitty land although it's not nearly as neat as the actual kitty land um which are tiny versions of other things in Kennywood. And they are so goddamn cute. Um, if you did Carnival Graveyard at HHN 28, a lot of visuals from that house are in Kennywood. And you see a lot of them specifically in Kenny, uh, Kittyland. The, the clown mouth garbage cans, the big lion water fountain, like all these really, really old school amusement park things are still in Kittyland. And the little teeny tiny little Phantom's Revenge. Have it's you so cute. It's so cute. Um, yes, it's so cute. Uh, I also do want to mention um, which I don't think we'll get into too extensively within this podcast because I feel it's, it's almost more of a uh, discussion of itself. But Kennywood does have two holiday events. They have Fright Nights in October for their Halloween season, um, which is haunted houses and scare zones and all kinds of stuff. And I will say, I actually knew about Fright Nights before I knew about HHN, which is crazy. Huh. Uh, but I've had this weird obsession with Kennywood for many, many years since I was like a child. Uh, um everything i've heard about phantom fright nights is pretty positive not from the locals but from people who do lots of theme park haunt events it's it's pretty good reviews um and i will say that i i love that they really heavily tie the the lore of the park itself into phantom yes the exterminator is a character the the phantom from phantom's revenge is a character that is like regularly featured throughout this event and i i think that's just cool i think that's wonderful to like bring your rides to life. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic thing. Then they also do have a holiday lights display uh, around uh, the, the winter holidays. Um, but that's going to bring us to the two uh, dark ride walkthrough kind of attractions that Kennywood has that I feel like we need to end this current offerings on. The first one mm-hmm. is the uh, my uh, the second of the two, or like you know the the one that I feel like is a uh, number two in these two, is the old mill, mm-hmm. um, which is a uh, old school kind of boat ride, and they just redid it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have some stuff I can say about that because I am 
vaguely acquainted with many of the people who redid it. Um, now that I'm more into the the Pittsburgh scene, um, so like tiny bit of historical context. If you've ever seen a tunnel of love in any type of media. Um, at an amusement park, those Tunnel of Love rides were rarely called a Tunnel of Love. They were old mills. Um, that's where the idea of like a little boat ride where you are kind of alone and you can smooch with your lover came from. Um, and the original old mills normally were a variety of sort of disconnected scenes and theming that were just neat. It was just sort of neat for the sake of being neat. Um, and then of course, at one point, the old mill became, um, Tommy Wiseau's The Room of Theme Park Attractions, aka Garfield's Nightmare. <laughs> uh, which I loved because it was, it was truly just the worst thing I'd ever seen. Um, now I haven't ridden it since it reopened, but I do know that a lot of the team behind the rebuild was, um, the people who built Scarehouse in Pittsburgh, which is a very oh, old, cool. famous haunted attraction in the area. Um, they did a lot of the painting and fabricating for props and, and refurbishing of animatronics and things like that, which I think is amazing. I think the guys at Scarehouse are really, really cool and they have a really neat classic haunted house um, and they do good extreme shows. And so it's just like really, really neat to see them have a big project outside of regular haunted attractions, but still doing something spooky. So yeah, I think it looks great. I think the new version looks fantastic. I'm dying to ride it. It, it does look really cool. Um, it follows like this skeleton, you know, and I'm not from Pittsburgh, I'm not from Pittsburgh, but I, I don't know the whole backstory of this skeleton, but it follows kind of this skeleton cowboy through his adventures. And I just think that's hilarious. Yeah, and and it, it, the, the current version, um, you know, because the, the the original Old Mill opened in like, oh my god, like 1912 or like something crazy like that. And then it was redone in like 1924 and then again in the 60s and again in the 80s. And the current version kind of takes visual elements and ideas from all of those and, and even I think some old props from those that were saved that they refurbished and put back in, um, specifically from the 80s version. And... Uh, and they kind of combine all of that together as like a as like a tribute to its overall history, which I think is great because if I'm not mistaken, it is the last old mill that's around. Yes, I think you are correct because like it's really it's rare to see an old mill an old mill or like tunnel of love style attraction in, most, yeah, in pretty much yeah. any park. And and for all the big you know theme park geeks, I mean this this ride is the absolute foundation of your Pirates of the Caribbean's your splash. Mm -hmm. Your it's a small world. None of those would exist without the old mill coming first. It was the prototype for themed boat rides. Exactly, and that I mean, I, I, what I think is so interesting, and this is going to be me slightly calling out Disney fans, is that a lot of Disney fans, and I'm saying this as a Disney fan, a Universal fan, a lot of times we will look down upon regional parks. But then we forget that Walt went to regional parks and other parks to get ideas for what he wanted Disneyland to be. And mm -hmm. eventually Disney World and all the other Disney parks. Um, and well, it's easy to just look at it in a brief historical sense that, oh, he, he went to a lot of shitty parks and improved on the formula. You have to remember that, like, many, many decades have passed since that happened. And a lot of those regional parks have specifically somewhere like Kennywood, they have become very aware of what they are in the grand scheme of the history of what American amusement entertainment really is. Yeah. Um, 
And there, in my opinion, as a lifelong Disney local, uh, there is nothing lesser about somewhere like Kennywood. In fact, there's something almost greater about Kennywood because there would be no Disney without it. And see, that that's how I feel the same. I mean, the, the Holiday Worlds, the Kennywoods, the Kings Islands, the Dollywoods, like... Uh, the, uh, uh, huh? Oh, Idlewild as well. I was just throwing that in yeah, the list. Yeah, the Idlewilds, the Hershey Parks, like all these parks, you know, the Knott's Berry Farms, like all these parks, even if they're, we're, even if they're in, involved in a chain now or not, um, theme parks are almost like this weird competitive symbiotic relationship where they build off of each other's ideas and improve one another with competition but also are competitive of trying to get you know the most visitors and staying up to date and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, but with all that being said I think that brings us to the last section of our current offerings which is the attraction I am the most obsessed with at Kennywood which uh, is Noah's Ark Amen now Noah's Ark is kind of like this old school walk through fun house Ask. house kind of attraction <laughs> yeah it's it's wacky it's weird um, there is nothing else even remotely like it available uh, literally anywhere in my yeah. opinion and the thing is, they used to be common, and now they're just not. And that's why you go to Kennywood to do these kind of things. It used to be as common as a freaking Ferris wheel. You know, every yeah. single park had a Noah's Ark. It was just something that you could purchase and put into your amusement park, and everybody liked it. And um, the one at Kennywood is, again, the absolute last of her kind. Uh, beautifully maintained over the years. I mean, stunningly. I will, Especially after the most recent renovation, where they returned some of the old effects. Um, they've, mm-hmm. really, they've really taken good care of the Ark. Uh, and, but it was weird to begin with. That's the thing. So it's like they took good care of something that was kind of bizarre and disjointed from day one, which is fine. I, I have no issue with that. I still think it's cool. Um, it is. It, it makes the most annoying sound in the world that you can hear. Oh, I love it. Ark. Listen, you love it until you've been there for eight hours. <laughs> and according to, to, my, to both my dad and other friends I've had who've worked there, it is just the worst to listen to all day. <laughs> just all day. No need for it to do that. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like, the fucking whistle. <laughs> and then he, Noah didn't have a whistle. Like, let's be real. Like, it's like a toot-toot kind of boat whistle, you yeah. know? I get it, but, like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, you I know, mean, you walk in through this whale's mouth with a squishy tongue. Mm-hmm. And a giant corrugated metal pipe, which is so clever and makes me so excited. And, yeah, like, a lot of the... Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fully walk-through funhouse attraction. You got moving floors. You got air cannons. You got... Um, uh, you know, sound effects and trick mirrors and optical crude illusions. animatronics and very crude animatronics. Noah looks like a heroin addict from Western Pennsylvania, so he fits right in. So does his wife, and they are terrifying. They're so creepy, and like you know, I ain't blaming nobody for it. They just are. <laughs> they were just born. You know to what else fuck. scares me is the monkey that's in there. Ah, the monkey's fine. The lion scares me. The lions are scary. I like the hallway you walk down where it's zebra butts and one of them farts. 
I love that. But so, and, and, and the thing that makes, makes it so distinctive and that powers a lot of these effects in the main part of it. So you start out walking on regular level ground and then you go up this ramp to the top of the arc and the arc itself is rocking like a boat back and forth, back and forth. And you have to step onto this building. It is an entire ass building that is rocking pretty severely side to side. Um, it is very disorienting, but it's really fun. And I never feel unsafe doing it. And I am an ungodly clumsy person. Um, so if even I can manage, most people can manage. But let me tell you, going going downstairs that are rocking forward and backward is weird. I once tried to go, like, I love fun houses at, like, carnival and stuff. I am so jealous that in, like, Germany and, fun, and like, places like that, they have, like, full, like, three-story oh, yeah. um, fun houses. Because I think fun houses are one of the most fun theme park attractions. And I wish mm -hmm. every theme park had one. Um, but, um, like, I went on one at a carnival where the, the, the stairs slid back and forth, and I'm like, hey, I should be able to do this. No, I swear I snapped my ankle walking Aww. up this thing. Oh, baby, no. They had to stop it so I could walk the rest of the way up. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I don't... It can stop Noah's Ark. I've never seen it not moving. Like, I don't know if there's an e-stop for that. <laughs> I mean, like, it. I feel like in that, since it's literally built into the building and the stairs themselves aren't moving, but the building is, like yeah. you can kind of orient yourself to do that. But, like, these stairs were literally sliding back and forth in opposite directions. I said, I was sitting there, I was like, what in the wipeout double-dollar obstacle course did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> what in the wipeout double dare? Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I, I was felt like I was in danger. But yes, Noah's Ark is just... It's just so neat. weird. It's a last of its kind. It has a lot of rudimentary um, um, techniques that have gone on to be very commonplace in other theme park attractions. Haunts uh, too. Haunts as well, yeah. The opening scenes, once you get into the Ark, are like the... Uh, like the storage room with all the food and the and the supplies and it's all like it's literally painted you know chromodeps like it's 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 uv painted like for a haunt um but with no glasses uh and it's it's just cool i don't know like it's it's a difficult attraction to describe it's a walkthrough of kind of a a trippy surreal noah's ark but not religious in the slightest no just for fun because like this attraction wasn't meant to be like a religious teaching. Now there is a Noah's Ark in Kentucky that um, is a religious based. They call themselves a theme park. There's no rides or anything like that. Um, it's just quite literally a gigantic art filled with animals and dinosaurs and whatnot. Yeah, um, this this is much more. If you think of like a child's playset of Noah's Ark that just is yeah. about a boat with a bunch of animals, that's what this is. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's cool. It's it's only of its kind. I will always do it at bare minimum three times every visit to Kennywood because it is it's just like a five to ten minute walk through, often with no wait. If there's no wait, I will always go through, and uh, I hope it's there till the end of time because it's just so cool. I agree. It's one of those attractions I have to do when I go. Um, and that's gonna bring us to our lightning round. So our lightning round is basically your personal must dos and favorites from the park. Um, and I call it a lightning round because I try to do it quick, but it doesn't have to be that fast. Um, so, you know. Um, Let's do it. You ready? 
Yeah. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Favorite coaster? Jackrabbit. Favorite flat ride? Uh, it was Baron Curve, Rip and Peace. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, nowadays, oh God, I, uh, Turtle? Turtle. I, I, I feel like it's a great choice. Yeah. Uh, favorite dark ride? Um, I, I guess ex- uh, Old Mill. I haven't done the new version of the Old Mill yet, but I've seen the videos and I'm a slut for skeletons, so Old Mill. <laughs> favorite water ride at the park? Um, I guess also Old Mill, to be honest. That totally counts. I didn't even think about it because I'm like, Pittsburgh Plunge, because I personally love Shoot the Shoots, even though they're boring. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one because it's like situated in the replica pool from Luna Park. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. That like it's they... really beautiful. It is. That's actually right where I'm getting married. Is right like like if you're looking at Pittsburgh Plunge and then you turn around and look behind you and you can see Phantom's Revenge over the skyline. Um, and there's like that. What a stunning place! Double, right, that old double decker fountain. So I'm gonna be super sappy for two seconds because I can't resist. Um, when Eli first messaged me on Facebook, that's my fiance, uh, to kind of start flirting, he he basically broke the ice with me by showing me um, some Luna Park postcards that he had, uh, that he'd bought at an antique store. And that was the first conversation we ever had. So when it came time to choose, well, where are we going to get married? It's like, what's the closest thing to Luna Park we can find? Right there. I love it. And I can just see a wedding photo with like the big splash from Pittsburgh Plunge. That'd be so pretty. Yeah. Um, and all the fountains there's just so many fountains around there so yeah that's what we didn't talk about but it's a really beautiful shoot the shoots ride mm-hmm. um okay favorite show which i know you're not really a show person but i feel like it's still a fair question oh i mean i absolutely love shows in theme parks unfortunately kennywood has like kind of none <laughs> they i know have- they have very minimal yeah, I, the last time I saw a live show there, it was like definitely put on by a bunch of college age um, circus performers from like probably from Pittsburgh. And, you know, they did a great job. I'm not uh, doing my people. any hate <laughs> to them. They were doing great, but it was like it was a show for really young kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I really got uh, they have 4d movies they've got a 4d movie theater um which rotates what they show i guess i'll go ahead and say that because kennywood is very lacking in air conditioning and um any break to go see a 4d movie is much much appreciated and they show really really bizarre niche stuff in there which i kind of appreciate love that okay uh favorite food uh ass (laughs) Noah's ass. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Um potato patch fries drowning in in cheese and bacon. Fantastic. And the last one, favorite special event. Even if you haven't been to it, we'll still count it. Phantom Fright Nights, obviously. I knew it. I knew it had to be. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no. Fine. If I'm that predictable, the pierogi festival. That's my favorite. You know what? That would that would be mine too. I'd be like, you know what? Let's have pierogies and Venom Friday nights at the same time. I'll scream right. and joke on a pierogi. Oh my god! Give me those little fucking raviolis full of potatoes. <laughs> all I want. <laughs> okay, awesome. And that's gonna bring us to the end of our uh, basically virtual audio trip to Kennywood. But yeah. before we go, let's do some plugs. Mel, do you have anything you'd like to plug? 
Oh God. Um, yeah, I kind of do. Um, the biggest of which being um, my uh, immersive theater company. Uh, it would mean a lot if anybody listening to this would would show some digital support to my art and also the way that I make my money. <laughs> um, so uh, on Instagram, we are Twin Knife Productions. Um, and on uh, Facebook, if you just look for Twin Knives, uh, you should be able to find us. <clears throat> we produce remote immersive theater shows that you can participate in entirely from the comfort and safety of your own home. Um, but you will not feel safe <laughs> while you do them. Uh, and uh, also as far as plugging, um, uh, the other company I work with is called the Black Heart Collective, which is currently on hiatus. But if you want to check it out, we will be doing more projects later this year. Um, and then my personal Twitter, which is just Mel's Diane, M-E-L-L-S-D-I-E-I-N. I don't really tweet that much about theme parks anymore, except to be snarky about the new Disney look. Um, but uh, I still kind of tweet, and it's it's sort of where I go to say funny shit. So <laughs> <laughs> feel free to check it out. But, you know, primarily I would just really appreciate any support for, uh, for me and Eli's company um, that we're trying to get more off the ground. We're working on our second production, so we're, we're chugging along. That is so exciting and so cool. Um, so yeah, definitely go check all those out. Um, for me, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Scott021 or look at Dyslexic. You can follow me on Instagram at Dyslexic96. And you can follow me on TikTok at Dyslexic. And you can listen to the Dyslexic podcast every week. Oh, and, so and TikToks are the best. I don't make many TikToks anymore because I, I simply don't have the time or emotional energy to do it like I used to. But I watch TikToks every single day. And you are always on my For You page. And every time I'm like, this is fucking great. <laughs> every time. I appreciate it because I, I, I put some time and some effort into them. And I'm planning on um, putting out some uh, park tips and tricks TikTok soon. of Not just Disney Universal, but other parks, more regional parks um, for people who are visiting that I've been to. And I, I think that's going to be a fun little series when I get that out. Um, but yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, you got a good blend going on there. You got funny stuff. You got informative stuff. You got cute, charming stuff. Like, it's it's nice. You, you got a great account. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's all thanks to you and Corey. The irony that I've just quit TikTok <laughs> since then. <laughs> I was like, I hit 69,000 followers and I'm like, I'm content. Goodbye. You're like, that's a fun number. We'll keep that. It really is. <laughs> like, TikTok auto removes... Um, like dead accounts and things like that because I've dropped back into the 68s and I'm like fuck I missed when it was 69 I like the sex number <laughs> we are both collectively 24, 84, and 14 all at the same time <laughs> and 4 Ugu gaga yeah true true 4 months <laughs> I'm 4 months <laughs> but uh overall that's gonna do it for us for this home park mode on episode of season 3 if you like this episode, you can check out all of season one through three of Dyslexic and season one and two of my theme park design contest called Ultimate Imagineer on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and so on and so forth. If you really, really like this episode, then you can share the show with your friends and family and give us a rating review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. It would really help the show grow, and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you all once again for joining us and have an amazing week, amazing month, amazing year. Keep yourself safe. Keep wearing your mask, even if you're vaccinated. We should still be doing our part to um, help the spread until everybody's able to get vaccinated. So um, just do your part, help out, and keep wearing your mask and social distancing. And stay safe and uh, have a great day.
Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.